Ooh, welcome everyone to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for all of you. I have on Zoom with me right now, along with a furry friend, <laughs> I have uh, Jess Euler, and she plays Chris McNeil in Massacre Academy. And um, we, I have a, about three of the girls on Massacre Academy on this week, plus the director this week on the show. And we're going to be promoting the film as well as the premiere coming up, which is on July 31st. So, hey, Jess, how are you doing? I'm good. Please ignore him. He's not starved for attention. I feed him. He gets everything. <laughs> He's adorable. And uh, we were uh, debating if I would get sued on my uh, clothing items. And she said, so if I if I can wear PlayStation, I'm like, of course. Oh, we're Nintendo and the match. So <laughs> I figured I should just represent myself. I'm not trying right. to be anybody else. This is a child size shirt that I got for my last job. Like right. it's this is me, you know. Right. And when you make movies and everything, you're not allowed to wear any logos because of the money market and that I don't make money off of my podcasts. Um, I don't feel the need of making money off of my guests, obviously. Um, that's why they, I mean, they go on like podcasting platforms and that, and they go on to, um, and like on YouTube, but I'm not monetized or any of that stuff. So, um, yeah, so I don't make any money off it. So if you're watching PlayStation and Nintendo, I'm not making money <laughs> off of your logos. Please don't come after us. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so the first question I got for you is how did you get your start into acting? Oh, so I am um, an only child. I'm adopted. So that's a double whammy of the attention was always on me. So my mom, from when I was little, I remember like the camera. She had one of those old like 90s, like, you know, big video cameras. Right. Um, I would just sing. I'm going to disturb. Sorry. You're fine. I forgot all about that. <laughs> so I would, I would sing, I would do like little skits. I remember I would like quote movies all the time and she was just always recording me. So it just kind of seemed natural and nobody was surprised when I started getting into plays right. and musical in school. And then we went from there and then we got into um, like student films around when I moved to Pittsburgh, it was like student mm -hmm. films. And then I just kind of built it up and, and uh, the Pittsburgh film scene has grown enough that I'm able mm -hmm. to work pretty frequently now. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, what made you want to be a part of Massacre Academy? Well, first of all, horror. Um, <laughs> second of all, it was <clears throat> the story is it's like it's a it's an homage to 80 mm -hmm. slashers, but it's not your typical like, you know, girls are so helpless type of thing. And it right. really delves deeper into the aftermath of, you know, what happens with these mm -hmm. slashers. So like the start of the film is um, we're actually two years later after the first incident in Orstown. Mm -hmm. So my character, Chris, is dealing with um, all of like the emotional baggage from that night when her parents mm -hmm. were murdered and having to take care of her sister on her own. I was like, oh, there's so much more to this. And um, I like doing the unexpected. Mm -hmm. So I like when it's not typical. And right. there's just so much for me to work on personally, like with right. it. And the character, I, I love Chris. Like, I realized Chris was a lot more like myself than I realized. Yeah, that's awesome. So speaking about your character, Chris, can you tell a little bit of, tell us a little bit about her? Uh, yeah, I told you, Bjorn's going to start yelling because he's very, he's very enthusiastic about this film too. Um, <laughs> so Chris is, she's, she's damaged. Like, let's be honest right. here. She's been through this really, really traumatic event. Um, and now it's like the weight of the world. Like she was a star softball pitcher. And then and all of this just ended. Like her world crashed. Her parents are gone. She can't 
pitch anymore. She doesn't really know who she is. Her sister is now a student at Orristown and it's like, she can't move on from her life. Right. But she has such an incredible journey. And like, it was, I'm not a softball pitcher. So it was just, it was really fun to like watch the YouTube videos and pretend um, and kind of learn the motions. But like I said, the scenes and the characters that Mark created, it was just a lot. And it was a lot of fun to get involved with that. Right. Absolutely. So um, for those that are wondering, well, they're talking about Massacre Academy. What the hell is Massacre Academy about? Can you tell us a little bit about Massacre Academy and let everybody know what this film is about? Like a brief synopsis, basically. Yeah. So um, in Orstown, PA, which is actually a town near Harrisburg that I discovered <laughs> um, on Orstown campus. So it's a college town. And um, one night in the 80s, the late 80s, mm-hmm. where the film is set, um, the character, Dave Sheridan's character, uh, he, Henry Lee Palmer, he snaps and he massacres a whole bunch of college kids at a frat party. And um, Chris is one of the few survivors along with Debbie, this the queen of the town, Queen Debbie. And um, it's going from there. So two years later, you, you're, you jump right into, it's 1987. A lot of people have moved on. Like I said, Chris hasn't moved on, but then all of a sudden the attacks start happening again. Mm-hmm. So they're like, how is this happening? You know, because right. um, we all thought, you know, Henry Lee Palmer was gone. So it's yeah. everybody trying, they just get frantic and they're trying to um, figure out what's going on. And right. it's just nonstop action mm-hmm. from there. Oh, that's awesome. And I can't wait to see this myself. It's, it does sound really good. I became really good friends with Mark, actually. And uh, I, I definitely uh, p- uh, plan on working with him uh, in the future, in a future movie or so. I can't say anything about it, really, but I can say that we are talking. Um, and it'll be so cool to actually meet him. Uh, Pittsburgh's about maybe, I'd say, five hours from me, um, give or take. Um, so, so I'll try to, I'll, I'll definitely be coming out there a few times. I'm not sure if I'll be driving or um, if I drive, my boyfriend's coming with me. And if I don't drive, then my mom's going to be taking me because, I, because I'm not a, I'm not an adventure, adventurous driver. So if I do drive, I'm going to need somebody with me. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, it does. It makes, it makes the drive go a little bit faster. It does. It really does. Cause I mean, like I was saying, I live in Maryland now I'm down by Baltimore and I, uh, and I drive home, you know, to Pennsylvania every other weekend or so, which is about a three hour drive. So, and it, it does get very, very long. Like, you know, it's very long, very slow, uh, you know, and imagine, you know, adding an extra two hours on it. You'd be like, oh, two hours isn't that bad, but it really is. Yeah. Until you're, you're past the three hour point. You're like, oh man, I'm tired. Yes. I still have two more hours. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Exactly. So um, what was the best part about filming Massacre Academy and what was the worst? Hmm. The best part was, it was probably my cast and Mark and the crew. We all got along so well immediately. Like I know, and I knew a few of my cast um, mates prior to filming, but it was, I don't think I've ever clicked with a group so Mm -hmm. fast, which really shows on screen with you see the chemistry between all of us. Mm -hmm. Like it's that level of comfort. And, you know, with Mark, he puts a lot of trust into you. Like, yeah. I, he's not one of those directors and it's his baby. So you want to do it right. But he's not one of those directors where you can't say to him like, Hey, I feel like I should do this. Right. And he'll, he'll get, he won't be like offended or anything. He'll be like, okay. Like he'll, he puts his faith in you. Right. Um, so every day on set, like every day on set went by very fast, which right. was 
pretty odd for some of us who've done a lot of indie stuff where we're on set for like 12 mm-hmm. hours. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was, it was fast and it was enjoyable. Even like the uncomfortable scenes and the emotional stuff, it was, it was fun. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely the best part. The worst part, <laughs> there was one day we were in a very, very cold building. Um, and I don't do well, I guess, in very extreme temperatures. Like I'm still there and I'm doing my right. best. Um, but the, the outfit I was in was pretty thin mm-hmm. and it was, I don't even remember if it was supposed to snow that day or not, but the building had no heat. Like it was actually like we filmed in the city of McKeesport. Mm-hmm. so it was a lot of buildings that hadn't been in use in years right we're upstairs and I'm I, like you see me in, in the um the trailer like I have I'm holding a, a gun yes. but I'm like <laughs> I'm like I'm freezing <laughs> um and I'm I'm very like talkative I wasn't talking at all oh. I had no energy to speak and I was just like okay, let's do it. Let's do it. And I didn't want to be miserable, but I was miserable. Like, let's right. be honest. That was, that was the only thing. That right. was, that was the and I mean, how can you not be miserable and be in extreme temperatures? But the good thing is as a professional, like you, you know, got through it and you got it done. And, and then, I mean, the quick, obviously the quicker you get it done, obviously you don't want to rush through it, but the quicker you get it done, it's like, okay, let me suck it up, kind of do it, get it done with. And then I can get warmed up. You know what I mean? We, don't, we right. can get this knocked out. Because right. I mean, you do hear a lot of those type of horror stories, like no pun intended, on like film sets. Like for example, in Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, um, Judy Aronson's character had a, dies in, in the lake on the mattress. She gets stabbed from underneath, and she got hypothermia from that scene because the director didn't want her to get out and get warmed up. He wanted to finish the scene, and yeah. uh, and the actor that played uh, Jason actually uh, stood up and said, "If you either get her out of that out of that raft, out of the water, and warmed up, or I'm walking in your you're going to find yourself a new Jason. And obviously he, he didn't take that, you know, he didn't take kindly to that. Yeah. Um, obviously this is in the eighties when things were a lot different than it is now. Like nowadays you can, you, you can easily warm people up or you can easily film something a lot quicker and get it done with, you know, back in the eighties, you didn't have that type of technology or that type of freedom or time. There wasn't right. even really, I mean, there was indie horror, but it wasn't like it is nowadays. Nowadays, like you, you don't like every day you spend on the set, you don't, it's not like you're wasting money. Um, like yeah. you, you can, if you have to reshoot something later, you can get it done. You know what I mean? At that time. So it's not that yeah. bad. Um, I just had an image when you said the guy playing Jason stood up. I'm like, I don't know how I'd feel if I was on set and all of a sudden Jason just stood up and was like, you know, guys, I just, I won't stand for this anymore. <laughs> I, I know. I interviewed him too. And he told that story and I did try not to laugh because it is funny thinking of Jason being so kind hearted, like either get this yeah. girl warmed up or I'm walking. Yeah. Like there are some, like there are some characters like um, even without masks and stuff. Like if I ever mm-hmm. met Tobin Bell played Jigsaw, mm-hmm. love, I love the Saw series. I bet he's a sweetheart, but right. Lord, right. would I be like, yeah. <laughs> Yep, I yep, and I interviewed uh, Terry Kaiser, who played Bernie in Weekend at Bernie's and Doc, the Bad News Cruise in Friday Seven, and like it, it was my dream to interview him. When he agreed to it, I was like so happy because I love Doctor Cruise. I freaking yep. love Doctor Cruise, and I love Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. It's one of my favorites. And uh, interviewing him, it was so great. And um, 
he, he was telling so many stories. Like he, he said, I asked him if he did his own stunt. He's like, I couldn't do my own. I had to do my own stunt because they couldn't afford to bring in a stunt double to do that when he pushes him back or whatever and that. And then he said that. And then when they pushed me back, I felt um, I fell into the swampy area and they had a crocodile wrangler and a rattlesnake wrangler because they were filming in a swampy area that there's all crocodiles and rattlesnakes everywhere. So he said that it was so dangerous. <laughs> so it was, it was an we got the shot. We got the shot. That's Absolutely. all that matters. That's all that matters. Hey, if I matters. get a close call with that crocodile, hey, as long as we got that shot and not not crocodile food, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, are there any fun stories from behind the uh, from behind the scenes when you were filming Massacre Academy? There are a few that I'm sure Sierra and Christina will tell you about that involve okay. Sierra's okay. Um, behind the scenes vlogging. Um, <laughs> very funny. Awesome. Um, for me, um, okay, there was a, <laughs> there's a running, running joke. I don't know why I started doing this the one day, mm-hmm. but um, Mark's son, Cody, was mm-hmm. um, doing sound. Okay. So Cody just gets this annoyed look on his face every time I do How old it. is he? Uh, Cody's 18 now. Oh, wow, um, okay. Yeah, so what, I don't know why, but I would just get in this goofy mood, and I'd start doing that guy from Family Guy, um, Bruce, I'd be like, oh no, and i just start doing that voice for no reason, and everything would just stop, um, you know, you just hit a certain point, you get right. a little goofy, but I'd be like, oh no, he's coming up the stairs, just something really stupid, and I'll still do it occasionally, like, I'll post a picture on Facebook to, like, right. Mark or Cody. But. that's awesome when you said son like i i thought i and mark is probably gonna get a kick out of this when he watches this but i thought mark was literally like maybe mid-20s and i'm thinking 18 year old son i was thinking like eight like five six year old kid holding the boom mic mark should be like thank you yeah he's gonna yes. be thank you for that one i i literally i didn't i thought he was in his mid-20s maybe late 20s because i'm 31 yeah. believe it or not <laughs> Hey, I love this game. I love when people are like, they, they say to me like, oh yeah, what school you're going to? I'm like, I want you to guess how old I am. Right. I, yeah, I am 30 myself. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, like, it's weird because like, like back in the eighties, when you watch the horror movies, like it's hard to guess their age because they're supposed to be teenagers and they might be early twenties, but they look like they're freaking thirties. Right. Like, for example, Friday the 13th part three, the guy that played Chuck, the, that Cheech and Chong hillbilly mm-hmm. dude. He is yeah. 25 years old in that scene. Doesn't he look like he's at least 40? Yeah. I mean, not, I interviewed him. He's a nice guy. I don't mean to like be mean and rude or whatever, like no. by his age, but he does not look 25. No, it's <laughs> so, crazy. Like, yeah. Now I feel like um, people younger than me look uh, like older or yeah. like about my age. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know what. Uh, yeah, this. it's crazy. <laughs> Maybe I am a vampire and nobody told, told me. I don't know, which is oh fine. Yeah, I used to get right. like offended, but it's, it's, it's cool now. Not like right. Disney's going to be calling me anytime soon to like do any of their shows. I cuss way too much. so speaking of mark uh like i said i've been became good friends with him he's a really nice guy he's been super sweet to me um and i interviewed him on thursday so what can you tell us about him how was he as a director he was great um like i said earlier mark has you build a level of trust Mm -hmm. um where i could just be like you know this is kind of what i want to do like there was there was a scene where there was a whole I had two lines and I just looked at mm-hmm. him. I said, I don't, I don't feel like I can, should say those, or I didn't do it. And he was like, that's fine. Just keep doing it. I did something else. 
Um, But he's also, he's very conscious and he's very respectful of everybody's time. So Mark preps for everything. He preps his prepping. Like he, he's so (laughs) on schedule. He's, we were actually finished ahead of schedule a lot of days. Um, He just, I, and I think that's the thing with experience is mm-hmm. you realize what you didn't enjoy on some sets and what, how you could make it better for your cast yeah. and crew. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that I was very appreciative of that personally, mm-hmm. because we all, I mean, none of us are doing this full time yet. Right. Um, so we all have other stuff to do. And when we're there, you know, we want to give you all of our energy and we want to put everything into filming. Right. And that's really hard when like you get to set and then you don't film for maybe two hours. Like, I feel like we've all been there and then you see the energy of everybody go down, but that was not what happened on Massacre Academy. Right. Like everything was just, okay, be ready to go. Let's go. Yeah, so, absolutely. That was, that was huge. That's awesome. And it, like you said, it does come with experience. Like Mark, it's not like this is his first rodeo. Like, right. like, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure he, we spoke about my first movie and how it wasn't that good. And I'm, he said, he's been there, done that type of thing. So he made the mistakes that first time filmmakers make. He mm-hmm. learned from mistakes. He learned from experience from all other things. So he, it's not like, you know, Massacre Academy is his first rodeo. So he knew, how, he knows like, this is what I want to do for the schedule. This is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. And that's how you got ahead of schedule. Like it, it was able to be done because he has been there done that type of thing and i mean obviously massacre academy it'll show for it um you know with how good it is i mean i looked at the, i watched the trailer it's freaking amazing yeah <laughs> like it really is oh uh, well we were sitting there we actually got to watch it in like a private like cast for screening and it was you know i i can be pretty hard on myself but i really just let myself watch the right. film and it was from start to finish it was a ride and you didn't, there was a few times it slowed down a little bit so you could catch your breath, yeah. but then it was right back again. Yeah. And I think that's really to the benefit of the film yeah. was the pacing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Cause like, it's one thing when you're on the edge of your seat watching it the whole time and you're like, like you have your anxiety is so up because like mm-hmm. there's action after action after action. There's another thing when there's that action and then they takes it down a notch and yeah. then it goes back into action and then takes it down another notch. Like you don't want it to be a full full speed all the time that's why when you watch slasher movies they don't like they don't kill everybody like well unless you're talking about 2009 friday the 13th or something but yeah <laughs> but like they don't like just kill everybody in one lump sum or like they'll do it in a sequence it'll slowly build up to it because that because that's the way like the pacing is really how it goes like if you pace it properly it's going to give the uh, the audience they're going to be able to react to what happened slow down take a deep breath and then maybe in five ten minutes of whatever's going on they can react to it again you know and that is a brilliant part of filmmaking and really only good filmmakers really understand that and the way you're speaking about it i'm sure mark like he has that that knowledge to make that happen which is great it really is yeah it's very interesting like how the pacing for horror has mm-hmm. changed throughout the years yeah absolutely so like, you know like yeah. like back in the day it, it would be like a slow it would be like a slow burn and then it would you know you get a few few kills here and there and then yeah absolutely so what was the scariest part about filming massacre academy Ooh. Uh, the pressure of uh, playing Chris, <laughs> I guess. Um, that makes sense. I, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Like when you say scary, I guess it's just, um, for me, it's more pressure on myself of doing a good performance. That's, that would be the scariest part for me. It's like, this is, you know, this role took a lot. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really get, (laughs) I don't get scared by gore or blood. I work in a haunted house during haunt season. So I'm used to it. Um, I actually like, I requested some like wrestling moves for maybe a fight scene in there. (laughs) Um, So that stuff doesn't scare me. I thrive on that. Um, But it's more, it was, there's, there is a big emotional scene Mm -hmm. in the middle of the film. And I knew that had to be, that had to be the the big one, like the big emotional scene for me. Like, and I put a lot of pressure on myself to make it as authentic as possible. Um, so that I wouldn't say it's scary, but it was like, okay, you gotta be, you gotta be serious about this. You gotta really focus. Absolutely. So on a side note, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think this popped into my mind when you mentioned the wrestling moves, were you the one I was talking to with Mark on Facebook about darkest side of the ring? That's me. Yeah, it was you. I just have to make sure it was Undertaker. you. <laughs> I love Undertaker. I'm a big wrestling fan. Um, yeah. Uh, I know that I, I just, I did watch the China documentary. I believe it was on this like, past Monday or Sunday yeah. or something. I watched it. Yeah. I watched it. It was so sad. Like, cause I love China and I thought she, she, I thought she was beautiful. Like she really was. He and- was so ahead of her time. Yeah. Um, uh, there was also, you know, she was disrespected immensely yeah. with all that drama, but China yeah. was so far ahead and it's like, you know, she was wrestling men yeah. way back in the attitude era when yeah. women are not supposed to be like that. But yeah. then look at how like the current, um, like the NXT mm-hmm. women coming up from the Indies, like Candice LeRae, Candice LeRae and Adam Cole actually had a really great indie match that I've watched a few times on, on YouTube, but like, that was really unheard of back then, yeah. like females wrestling men. And I'm like, why not? Like to me, I'm like, why not? Why can't Charlotte Flair take on Randy Orton? Like she can't. Right. I think so too. I, I really think so. And if you're going to put any female currently on the current roster in with a man, it's Charlotte Flair. It She's is. the best women's wrestler on them. They have a lot of good women's wrestlers, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch who's on maternity leave and all that. But you have Charlotte Flair, freaking daughter of Ric Flair, for God's sakes. And she is probably the best women's wrestler like present day. Like she really is. And maybe even of all time, I would even go that far because she really is great. She's, yeah. She's, she's up there. And I would say, cause I watch AEW too. Mm-hmm. Um, their women's division has come very, very far mm-hmm. um, and they're just, they're continuing to grow. Like, yeah. you know, now that they have the, well, it was really cool. Cause they had that women's tournament yeah. um, and it had a lot of the, the theme, like the Japanese wrestlers that came yep. over. And I was so into that. I was like, awesome. that's really cool that they just expand and they give more people exposure. Right. Absolutely. And I know, uh, do you remember Chelsea green? I do. Yeah. So, um, I'm actually in talks with having her on my show. Um, she said that she's been released and she's not able to, to discuss anything WWE or professional wrestling for that matter up right. until I believe it's July 15th. So she told me 90 day non-compete clause. Yeah. Gotta yeah. love them. <laughs> I know. So she told me to reach out after July. Um, because I knew she was in a non-compete clause. I just thought that meant she wasn't able to compete on TV, which yeah. that does mean that, but she also isn't allowed to talk about anything wrestling on podcasts or anything else as well. It also affects all media appearances and all that stuff. Now she's allowed to have her own podcast right. and discuss that, but she's not allowed to discuss anything wrestling in any public aspect outside 
outside of her own adventure, her own endeavors, which she, I don't know if she discusses wrestling or how she does it, but she's not allowed to like actually go out there and discuss anything about her time with WWE until the 90 days is up, which is what I want to discuss, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so she's not able to do that. So she said, reach back out July. Um, she said, we could set something up. So I'm thinking July 15th is when it's up. I'm pretty sure from what I read. Oh, that's awesome. Good for her though. I mean, I have very, very strong opinions on all of that. Yeah. but uh i will refrain yeah oh, i mean i would love to be a that that's like the the secret dream that never yeah. happened yeah is being a pro wrestler yeah. but that would be really cool if i wound up if we if there was like a fake like glow you know that netflix yeah. show yep oh they did something like that i would love yeah. to be in that that'd be awesome yeah and like i mean i Chelsea Green was so great and they, I think they dropped the ball with her she gave so much so much like she gave so many thoughts of what she can do for her character and they just declined every one of them and then they dropped like, the ball on a lot of people right they did they did and like <laughs> and I I'm I'm a I'm a currently a fan of Nikki Cross and then last night when they freaking put her as a superhero I'm like Mighty Molly again <laughs> like yeah. I know it was her idea from what I read it was her idea but it's like they could have done so much more with her that without this being a superhero. Like, yeah. oh, it's so irritated me. Like, I was like, they could have done so much. Like, they could have made her, like, I, I think my, and one thing that has been going around that a lot of people are hoping happens, and this is my big thing that I really hope happens. I'm hoping, especially with her teaming up with Alexa last night, I'm hoping that Nikki Cross is going to be the real life version of Lily. that's yeah i could see that I if could they see want that. she kind of looks like her yeah yeah i like that was the whole thing was she looked like lily and they had been friends yes i i my hope right now for okay. raw my big hope is they finally give shana baszler the correct push that she deserves because shana i i you really need her to a joke at this point yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I really, really love Shayna Baszler with how dominating she was in NXT. And it's like she got to the main roster and... Like Shayna Baszler, she could be, I guess, categorized as Charlotte fighting the man. Like she could be like this real world version of China. Yeah. She really could be. Like she has that mixed martial arts UFC type background. So like you could give... Like I don't know why they're dropping the ball with her because I was at Elimination Chamber before the pandemic. And that's when Shayna Baszler was getting, when she bit, you know, Becky Lynch and she was getting this big push and Becky Lynch even begged Vince to have her, um, have uh, Shayna beat her at WrestleMania. Um, And Vince wouldn't have it. And I don't, I'm like, why not? Shayna Baszler could have been a monster heel, like a monster heel. You know, and same with Nia Jack. She could be a monster heel too, like because of her size and everything. Like they could do so much with them, and they're just making them like a joke now. Like, yeah, it really it sucks. Like you can do so much with these these uh, characters and these these talents that you know they have so much talent that they don't even know what to do with it. Yeah, like what I didn't understand was they were splitting up all of these tag teams, like the Iconics. And granted, the Iconics were annoying but they were supposed to be annoying and they were really good heels like they i was entertained but i was like oh these girls but then they split them up and they didn't know what to do with them and then they started pairing random people together like mandy and dana brooke and um naomi and lana before they released lana and it's like what are we doing here you know 
Yeah. And heavy, heavy machinery too, like Otis and yep. Tucker. I really liked Otis and Tucker. Split them up, and then yeah. And and once they split Otis and Tucker, I'm like, best of wishes in your future endeavor, Tucker. I knew it was happening. It was going to happen. And yeah. the same thing with the Iconics. Once they split them up, they mainly did that so they could push Peyton because they didn't really see anything on Billy. And then Billy's <laughs> the one that outshined Peyton. Yep. <laughs> and then yep. they released them both anyways. It's like what? Yeah, I mean, the, the big one, the one that made me very mad was Alistair Black, because I've been a huge Alistair Black fan for a couple years now. And that, ugh, that whole thing, like he, he was so cool. His entrance was cool. Um, yeah. Before they changed his music, I know they had copyright stuff with the NXT, yeah. whatever, but like with him just like popping up and yeah. the black mask, like it was just really cool. And he wasn't, he was that kind of quiet talker, like how Jake the Snake was, like just very intense. I was shocked about his release because, and Braun Strowman's, but definitely um, Alistair's because they were literally pushing him in that feud with Big E. Um, And then- I I love Big E. (laughs) I do too, I love him too, he's awesome. But like they pushed him so hard, like Alistair did that feud with Big E and then like out of nowhere, they just like goodbye, like we don't need you anymore. Like where did that come from? I heard it was budget reasons, but then they hire somebody back like Eva Marie and it's like, did you release all these people to bring Eva Marie in? Like, I I, I mean, like, I, I don't get it. Like, why would you really like Braun Strowman? Like, I know I read that they released him because he was make he had an ironclad contract that was like a, a million or something dollars a year like it was a big contract and he wanted either the same or more and they didn't want to give it to him because he, they weren't he wasn't doing anything really major but it's like he's not doing nothing major because your creative isn't giving him anything like give him something last year he was a champion and yeah. now this year he's a joke because you're not doing nothing with him and he was just in a high profile match with Shane McMahon in a cage so like how can you not fall? he could have been a perfect heel a perfect monster and I'm not talking Bro- uh, Brodus Clay monster where he dances around with cheerleaders like you could have made Brodus Clay into that too but they forbid that <laughs> oh man I forgot about him <laughs> there's so much stuff that was happening like it was crazy like oh my god like Brodus Clay could have been a great heel and they just made him into a dancing fool and like you could have done Braun Strowman you could have made him into this unstoppable beast like he could have been like you know I guess you could say to an extent the next big show to an extent and like you could have done it yeah, but I don't know if they just, they think that Brock is the only one that can be like that, you know, and they bring Brock Lesnar back yeah. and forth, but that's and kind they of- they're bringing Brock back for SummerSlam because SummerSlam is going to be back with fans and Brock only wants to be at the main pay-per-views. So they're bringing back Edge, they're bringing back Brock for SummerSlam. So, uh, I, I mean, maybe that, I don't know, like, it just, it really irritates me that, like, I know you can, like, you can push these guys, they have so much talent, so much great talent, and then the ones that have the real good talent are the ones being let go, like, they let go Samoa Joe, but then they brought him back for NXT. Right. But it's like, Triple H is the one that brought him back. It wasn't Vince, Triple H is NXT, like, Vince doesn't care about yeah. NXT. So they're, I think one of their issues besides the whole creative thing is their average, the average age of their wrestler is like mid to late thirties. Yeah. Um, so if you look at AEW, like they have a lot younger talent there mm-hmm. and you can see like, you know, phase one with the first year or so people were like, Oh, it's a lot of X WWE guys. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's kind of how you start to build up the other talent. Like Darby Allen. Right. So over jungle boy is finally getting his push. 
Yeah. MJF, who is the best heel oh my God, in yeah. years. The only person that can keep kayfabe alive is yeah. MJF. And he does, he's going to get a title. He right. needs to get a title soon. Yeah. All and Britt Baker, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Britt Baker, she finally got her title. Yeah. So Who mentioned Sammy Guevara because he makes me melt like butter. I freaking love Sammy Guevara. Oh, Guevara. He's so freaking cute. <laughs> he's so adorable. You want the panda thing back? <laughs> I do. I love the panda thing. <laughs> He is so adorable. We turned this into just a wrestling wrestling uh, podcast. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big wrestling fan and a horror fan, but once you get me started on wrestling, you will not get me to stop. Yeah. But I did want to uh, ask you more about horror, of course. Yes, so, yes, yes. <laughs> which horror film is your favorite and which horror film got you into the genre? Oh, well, let's start. So I was about three years old and my dad had Halloween 2 on TV. And I remember Michael was just stalking Lori in the basement of that hospital. And she, Mm -hmm. you know, crawling around. My mom came in and started flipping out, I guess. But I was just sitting there watching it. I was fine. Mm -hmm. So from a young age, I just remember being like, yeah, this is cool. Whatever. Um, I can't pinpoint one. So I mentioned I love the Saw series. I love the psychology of the saw, like the idea of it, of like, you have to save yourself. Um, The Exorcist will Mm -hmm. always be in my top list um, because of how real it felt Mm -hmm. and like the gags, like if you look the behind the scenes, like how they did stuff. Um, Devil's Rejects, I love Devil's Rejects. Uh, It sounds so like twisted. I'm just like, yeah, saw Devil's Rejects. (laughs) Um, But I do do like uh, James Wan, his work. Um, with the more classic, like you don't really see a lot of gore as much yeah. compared to the other stuff. Um, but the first conjuring like mm-hmm. that, yeah, genius, just yeah. genius, just like simple things too yeah. can be the scariest. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a ton. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you said, the simplest things can be the scariest. Like I was terrified of Chucky as a kid and it's funny. I'll tell you this story quick. So, uh, I was, uh, I was maybe... 12-ish I'd say and my little cousin was six-ish I want to say um but something like that but uh we, I asked her um she asked me if we could watch a movie I'm like yeah sure I said uh I said How, you want to watch Toy Story she's like absolutely I would love to watch Toy Story I'm like okay awesome so I, kinda. huh kind of kind of right so I put in uh put in the in the movie and she's like Scotty this doesn't look like Toy Story I'm like no, it's, it's, it's got toys in it. It's got toys in it. Just keep watching. Keep watching. So we're watching. You see the voodoo things. Like, oh my god, this is scary. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. It turns into a. It turns into a, a fun family time. So of course it's a. It is a fun family time. There's a birthday party. Getting present. You know. So how about that? So uh, he's having, So we're. Um, so yeah, she's watching that. And uh, yeah, let's put it this way. She was terrified of Chucky and couldn't sleep by herself for a while. And guess yeah. what happened? So was I until the age of like 16. I couldn't see a Chucky doll without pooping my pants. Really? Wow. <laughs> it backfired on me. I got terrified as well. Because I only yep. seen it like one time and I heard all about it, but I seen it like one time prior and I didn't remember much about it. So yeah. I put it in and yeah, it, it scared her, but it scared me too. I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of ones that really scared me only. So I get more scared of things that could happen. Yeah. Um. Like, what was that one in Australia? Wolf Creek? Um, That was actually, like, based on a true story of Mm -hmm. all these murders in the outback. 
Like the, the idea, and I think it was funny. I was talking to my friend about this earlier. Humans are the scariest creatures because of what they can do. Like if you look at like post-apocalyptic films and you see it, that it's the humans that are terrorizing everybody and just like how far we can go from humanity. Yeah. Um, Kidnapping that stuff. There was a Ryan Reynolds movie where he was underground. He was buried. That was horrifying to me. Like he got kidnapped and put in a box. Yeah. I know the ones that scare me the most are like demonic ones, like demons and not really ghosts, but like demons, like, you know, kind of like uh, drag me to hell and even the exorcist, like things like that really creep me out because possessions, you do hear a lot of those stories and those things do happen. So it kind of like they they scare me a lot, Um, like the omen, all that stuff, like they really do scare me. (laughs) I watch them. I love them. They scare me. That kid, that kid was creepy. Yeah, <laughs> it was, was the kid. He was. He was very creepy. It was very creepy. Like, I know a lot of people that are afraid of, like, Michael Myers, and they say Halloween is probably one of the scariest movies out there. And I say, to me, it's not scary, but I see how it can scare people, especially non-horror fans, because right. you can literally be living your life in everyday life, literally be living it, and not know that you have somebody watching your every move before he comes up and butchers you. Like, yeah. that is scary. <laughs> I'm moving this thing out of here because uh, it says uh, five minutes till our interview because we started an hour early. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, yeah, like like that could happen. Like somebody can be watching your every move and watching what you're doing, and that is really creepy. Like that, like like that is probably the scariest thing. Like when I showed my boyfriend that uh, Halloween, like he never saw. Like he doesn't. He's not a horror fan, so oh, really? I forced him to watch horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we saw almost we saw almost all the Friday the 13th almost all the Halloweens um but uh we and I'm forcing him to go to see Halloween Kills in October and he That's said what if I don't want to go and I said well you have no choice in the matter right <laughs> did you ever watch the movie Hush it was on Netflix for a while I might have it sounds very familiar so it was the the woman was deaf and she was in this um this house and it was kind of in the woods it was a little isolated oh, and there was a not, yeah, I think so that that was very that was I felt a lot of anxiety watching that which I guess if you can evoke any type of emotion from me watching a film like if I feel something congratulations Mm -hmm. like you did your job right Um, like that (laughs) like if I will respect a film and I'll be like yeah like I really let myself go into that I watched that at by myself and i said well that's a bad idea because you start looking like looking around one thing i wanted to put in a movie and i never did this and i might maybe in a future is like have some a character that's kind of blind right Mm -hmm. and then um and like they're the main character and like the first shot you see is like is like you know you've seen it from their point of view black you can't see anything and then like they 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 get their sight back but when they get their sight back immediately as it shows out of the camera you have somebody jump out at you that would be really cool like that really would be really cool because you don't expect it you see this person blind and they're starting to get their sight back and then they jump out at you you know like right at you like and then that like that person like gets like a fight or whatever they're fighting for their life type of thing yeah i think that would be really cool um i i thought of things like that even like things like you said about hush like when you don't hear anything and then like even if you don't get your hearing back but the audience gets but the, like you, you hear nothing like the whole movie here like the beginning of the movie you hear nothing this person's deaf you're hearing it from their point of view and then like you hear now from the movie's point of view not their point of view and out of nowhere it's like a big like something happens that scares yeah. you. like that would be like some that would be creepy as hell because like you don't expect that to happen 
But you, I, and I love it when a horror movie does something that you don't expect it to happen or you do expect it to happen, but it does. And, and it, but you don't think they're going to go that way, but they do. Right. Right. Hey, that that's hereditary. That's how I felt with hereditary the whole time. Yeah. Like they're not going to go this way. They're not going to go this way. Oh, they did. They did yeah. go that way. I, I <laughs> was thinking, I was thinking they're not going to kill. They, they would never kill that little girl. They would never kill that little girl. And they killed that little girl. <laughs> that, they, they went there. That noise in the movie theater. It, it was just a couple people in the movie theater. And that, when that smack happened, I went, <gasps> yeah. And, I love when there. I, I I hate it, but I love it when there's like a car scene and like you 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 just drive in. It's like normal driving. You're like somebody's gonna jump out. This is a horror movie. Yeah. Somebody's gonna jump out of that car. And then it like goes on and on and on. They're still driving and on and on. It's like okay, well maybe it's not gonna happen. And then it happens. Yeah. <laughs> like they bam right into you. Like you yeah. don't expect it, and that gets. Well, that used to be like you would notice it horror films like if the camera started to go a certain way if you looked mm-hmm. at a certain corner on the screen something would right. come out there or you know the typical person looks down looks back yes. up there's somebody in the mirror behind them yeah. or the music if the music starts to get more quiet yeah but i think now everybody's getting smarter and they're like okay yeah. well i have to avoid all that and i have to yeah. get creative with my stuff yes. so like back to the conjuring when those hands came out of the darkness and did that yeah. that was great great yeah. or insidious another one where the demon was behind yeah. Patrick Wilson, yeah. um, you didn't expect that because it was daylight and they were having Absolutely. a normal conversation yeah. and it was just right there. Yeah. And like that really like, like that I love it's brilliance. It really is. Like for, for example, with our movie 72, can't go much into it, but we're, we are a horror, but we're more of a suspense drama type, but it's, it's going to be scary. There's some jump scares in it. But it's more of um, it's more of a psychological mind fuck than it is okay. a than it is a like you know a um, than it is like a like a slasher like jump out and scary type of thing. It's more of a scary because it's real world virus type of thing that's going on, and it's gonna mind fuck everybody's mind. Like it really is yeah. scary to that extent. So that's where we're kind of going with it. We're we're aiming at the scare you so you can't sleep, not the scare you so you can jump out of your seat. Right. <laughs> and that's that's the difference between like the horror that I really like. Like I do like where it gets scarier, but you can live your everyday life and not be afraid, you know, of this yeah. happening. But then there's also the movies that they scare you so bad that you don't jump out of your seat. But when you're home and you're showering and you're looking out your curtain because you want to make sure nobody's out there or you yeah. can't sleep because you're thinking of like demons coming out from under your bed, yeah. <laughs> you know, things like that. Lasting. Like you, yeah. the long lasting scare yes. effect. Yeah. And that's what The Exorcist did to me. I watched it from start to finish as a child and it scared me so much that I could not sleep. I was literally, I slept with my parents for a couple of years because I couldn't yeah. sleep. I, I saw like six, seven, no, no, about seven or eight years old. It was like right after I started watching Friday the 13th and I came across it. And when I watched it, I could not, I had, a, I had to go, I had to sleep with my parents. I was terrified. I was afraid like I was going to get possessed. <laughs> yeah that and that is them doing their job like that's the job to scare you yeah and i think like for the exorcist for me it's such a like i can watch it and i like it creeps me out still a little bit Mm -hmm. like with what what, that face when she's going for that scan every time that face gets me um but it's it's such a long lasting film like i feel like even if you showed it to like the younger crowd now who might be a little desensitized by some things but if you show them that i think it would still really like 
get a reaction from them. Right. And I'm actually speaking to uh, Eileen. I can't pronounce her last name. Dites or Dietz or something like that. She played uh, Pazuzu's face in the movie of The Exorcist. So, so the I'm, face of the scan? The face of the scan. Yeah. Like the, like the demonic face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Tell her. She did a great job because I'm will. still thinking about it. Yep. <laughs> she agreed to do my podcast. Um, she's yeah. not available this month or next month. So she told me to reach out around August 1st or 2nd and we'll set something up in August for her to come on. But yeah, she played the face, the Pazuzu's face. So I'm excited. Yeah, see, that's, that's how you know that you made a lasting impact. It's like, yeah. it's 2021 and I'm still like every time, right? every time, no, right. it's coming. And- right and that character is like it's it's i guess you could say a main character but it's like yeah. it's not like um it's not like in in every scene type of thing like you know you see regan a lot but that character's face you know that face you know that character and it's mm-hmm. like if that thing scared you and it's in like say maybe a couple of scenes here and there like yeah. it you know that it made a lasting impression for you you know yes. that it's 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 a successful part of that movie yeah, hands down. So we did talk all about you being in uh, Massacre Academy, but there's another movie that I saw on your IMDb that you are part of that Mark is also directing, Wolf Hollow. Um, yeah. And uh, we know, and you'll be apparently, according to your IMDb, playing Beth. So how did you yeah. get involved with that film? I'm assuming, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I knew he had been, you know, cooking up this, this new baby. Um, and Christina, who is Becca in Massacre Academy, she's going to be playing the lead in Wolf Hollow. Um, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. They're coming up with it. And then he was like, hey, (laughs) why don't you read this? And I was like, yeah. I, and my character is the complete opposite of Chris. I get to be a bitch. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so excited. I'm talking to Mark. Um, he, he, uh, we're talking about Wolf Hollow. Maybe I'll be in it. I don't know yet. Um, we're going to discuss it more. Um, I would love to be in that. Yeah. And if I am, that would be so awesome. Um, I can't really say much about it cause we don't really know yet. Like we're just kind of right. talking in that. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to, if I can be a part of that, that would be awesome. And if I am, that'd be great to work with you. And obviously Christina, I'll be interviewing her believe I interview her Friday, if I'm not mistaken, because I interview got all of us lined yes. up. Yeah. Yeah. I have you, I have you today. And then I have Christina and uh, Sierra on Friday. I don't remember what times I have them. I know I have one of them at 12 and I believe one at three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, I don't know which one's at which it's on my zoom. So that'll, that'll, that'll remind me, but uh, I have them two on a Friday and then I have a uh, Mark on Thursday. So, uh, and I have like, all in one week we've got to set up so i'm happy about that we can promote this because i know the uh you know the premiere is coming out on uh, july 31st in yeah. pittsburgh i believe do you want to tell us a little bit about that yes yeah, so july 31st at the lamp theater it's going to be an Irwin pa okay. um we are we're still selling tickets as of right now mm-hmm. i think if you go to the lamp theater's website you can buy tickets if you're interested in coming. Yeah. Um, there's going to be some prizes, Q&A with us. There is going to be a red carpet. So I will actually not look like this. I'm putting some effort in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be really cool just to just to meet people and, and maybe like chit chat a little bit more with some of the extras that were there for the one scene. Um, I, I put on Facebook the day after. I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't really get to chat with you. I was trying to be antisocial on purpose. Um, right. But it's going to be really cool. It's going to be really cool to see everyone's reactions in this big theater um and yes so if you're interested tickets are 30 dollars. you can go on like i said the lamp theater's website and purchase them 
Awesome. I spoke to Mark. He wanted me to come out. I told him I can't, unfortunately. We're not filming that weekend, but we're prepping for the next weekend's filming. Um, we yeah. actually took that weekend off because a couple of our cast members in 72 are in Massacre Academy, and we wanted them to have a good time at the premiere. Um, yeah. We don't want them to have to choose us or you guys. Like We, we realized you know, we're all indie horror family, and uh, me and Carl discussed it, and we're like, we just, uh, we definitely uh, believe that uh, you guys, they should have fun, have a week off, so we are filming the two weekends prior, so um, I know Michael Taylor is involved with Massacre Academy. He's in 72 as well. Um, DJ Patton's an extra. He'll be out there. Um, so we wanted to give everybody, you know, the time to enjoy the premiere because you guys work so hard on it. Um, Amanda Sawyer, she's the CEO of my company. Um, and she's, uh, involved, she's also involved in 72 and she's going to be there and it's like, it's going to be so much fun. So if you haven't gotten your tickets for uh, Massacre Academy, definitely go see it. You're going to meet some amazing people. You're going to meet Mark. Um, you're going to meet, of course, Jess, Christina and Sierra. Um, you, right. You know, you'll, you'll uh, see the interviews with uh, Christina and Sierra later this week. Um, Amanda will be there. Um, and uh, DJ will be there. Michael Taylor will be there. I'm sure Noelle Berger will be out there as well. Um, so definitely go out there and, uh, you know, support them, support any horror, um, because it really is a family and it isn't easy or cheap to make a movie. And they were able to make a movie that is not just good, but is badass. Yeah. So definitely <laughs> go, go out and support them. Last question I got for you. Um, yeah. We have discussed, uh, of course, Will Apollo and Massacre Academy. Outside of them, are there any other projects you are working on that you want to promote as well as any social media accounts? Yeah. So um, as of right now, a movie that I worked on in 2019, called the boonies it is out on pretty much all video on demand services you can rent or buy it on amazon prime itunes google play microsoft office uh office microsoft office (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it's out there you know find it yes um a couple of things coming up at the end of the summer um but if you would like to keep up with me and uh sometimes i do some um slightly inebriated wrestling commentary I'm feeling uh, frisky on certain nights. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram, Ferris Bueller awesome. 55. It is like Ferris Bueller, but without the B. So very awesome. easy to follow. You will see some photos of me. It's mainly the cats, though. There's Bjorn Meow inside and Gambit LeBeau. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That sounds so great. Um, I thank you, Jess, for making the time to be on here and promote some Massacre Academy, a little bit of Wolf Hollow, and discuss a lot of wrestling. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll talk Not a problem. I had a great time. I really had a fun time and a blast, you know, talking to you about all this. And um, I look forward to seeing Massacre Academy. Um, I can't wait to see it myself. Um, I know Mark uh, helped me, hook me up. So I'll be watching that probably in the next week or so. So I can't wait to give you all my review on it. I'm looking forward to it. I know it's going to be just as good as it sounds. <laughs> awesome. Well, congratulations on 72. You Thank guys you. need to be moving and grooving. I've been watching like the announcements and stuff. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. We look forward to doing that as well. It's going to be so much fun. Um, But we thank you so much for joining me. Um, And uh, you have a great rest of your night and stay safe. Yeah, you too. Hopefully see you soon. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye.